Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and I am joined today with Kim Kardashian, <laughs> Melissa Kavanaugh. What? <laughs> what? What? You were saying how much you liked her the other day. Yeah, those words have never come out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. And Kendall Jenner herself, Brittany. You could have at least called me the other one. <laughs> Which other one? <laughs> Kylie. Okay. And Chloe Jenner. <laughs> no, Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> I don't think I can publish that. <laughs> Why not? That's kind of, you know. I don't care. It's me saying it, not you. Wow, that's kind of <laughs> brutal, man. She's, she's a fine-looking lady. I think she's. I think she's fine-looking. So yeah, I'm just a hater. You are a hater. Well, that was Phil that's hated. If you want to write in hate mail to him, if you are a Chloe, <laughs> bring it Kardashian on. fan. Hmm. So we're off to a roaring start. <laughs> so this episode, we're getting super meta today. We're getting like matrix-esque meta on this episode we're doing a top five list of top 10 lists list on list on list yeah man that's pretty awesome so we found some lists at this time of year everyone puts out we've done our own right they put out their top 10 ways to do this for 2019 or whatever so we've compiled five that we think everyone should pay attention to a couple of them are as we're going to point out right now but a few of them are not so we're going to go through those lists. This could be the longest episode in the history of the podcast. Watch Hope. it be the shortest one. Yeah, we could just cherry pick the best out of each list and right. just call it a day. The best items from the top five list of top 10 lists, 2019. Yes. Yeah. All of those. All right. The, the top five items from the top five lists of top 10 lists. Correct. That, right. That's a clickbaity title right yeah. there. That's, we're just all about the clickbait today. It's cool. But... Uh, Pete's not here, Melissa, so you're going to have to stand in because before we jump into the topic today, we're going to have to see what's going on in the newsaroos. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for newsaroos. And, and Brittany, you weren't here last week, but we decided we can also refer to newsaroos as just the ruse. They're that famous now. So, oh, so okay. Just the ruse. <laughs> I couldn't remember Pete changed the jingle last week and I couldn't remember he what did. He I think he just made it up on he the fly. Did. Yeah. That's okay. Freestyle remix. Yeah. If, you could go back and listen to it. DJ DeMayo. Yeah, I think he just, he's, he's the master ad-libber. He likes to do that kind of stuff. So what do we have going on in the ruse anyway, boys and girls? Um, so a site I check often for news is searchenginejournal.com, and we actually had a hotel marketing-related article up there, so I thought I'd bring it up, that you know they covered some the importance of local SEO for hotels, which is some of the stuff we've covered in the past, but um, it's important to reiterate it. So a couple of the things that the article pointed out, uh, keyword research, um, find out what your guests are looking for, um, creating better local content to establish relevance in your area, uh, optimizing your title tags and meta descriptions, optimizing your Google My Business, which we have a whole episode on and you should listen to, and, and optimizing page load speed. But I mean, those are, those are your basic you know, SEO things that would apply to any business, but I was just glad to see that you know, a national search engine journal had something had specific, something specific to hotels, hotels. Yeah, yeah that's really cool yeah i mean we, we've hopped on about this a lot about how important local um, optimization is it's, especially as we move towards this voice search based world you know we we said last episode that 20 percent of all google searches now 
are coming from voice and and the majority of those are that aren't you know finding out information are when they're business related are looking for local businesses one of which could be a hotel so you got to be all about the local yeah i mean um the one thing that i i like to see in that article was um, the importance of having a, a blog or creating local content. We hear that all the time. Why does my hotel need a blog? Um, well, you need to establish content around the area. I mean, obviously point out what's good about your property, but but be useful to your guests and say you know other things to do, things nearby, restaurants that you recommend. Those are all great things to include on your website. Yeah. people. Believe it or not, people aren't coming, most of the time, aren't coming to your destination to stay at your hotel. They're coming for other stuff that's going on around your hotel. They just need somewhere to sleep. So why not be helpful and tell them what's going on in the area? And people that, you know, are coming for, say, a soccer tournament or coming for just a weekend getaway, you're being helpful when you are telling them what events are going on, what's nearby, what they can walk to, what restaurants you recommend, all that fun stuff. So it's all good, important things. So what's the next article in the news arose? This is a um, pretty contentious one, and it highlights the wonderful and confusing world of SEO that I get to live in all the time. This is why people think it's voodoo. It, it can be. Um, so um, anyway, what we're asking is, is click-through rate a ranking factor or not? So click-through rate being that someone does a search in which item they choose to click from the search engine results page and the frequency at which they do that, that click-through rate, right? Right, yeah, so you know, there's an impression and a click right. and that results in your click-through rate. So Google continuously has said that click-through rate is not a direct ranking factor. I mean, we've been hearing that for years and years and years and years. We've seen contrary evidence to that, um, but Brittany Muller from Moz, she just found a Google document that states exactly, quote, when you click a link in Google search, Google considers your click when ranking that search result in future queries. Right. The so article was from 2009, but she pointed out that, hey, Google has this documentation. Yeah, documented it. And um, they're claiming that it's really for personalization mm -hmm. of the rank more than generalized ranking results. And, but and that, we, we know that's true. Google will personalize results to you if they know, if you're logged in, they know who you are, they know what you like to see they're going to serve that result to you. But for the typical website, it, how important is it? Because I, I, I've personally seen it. I've watched Rand Fishkin ask thousands of people, say, hey, go search this term, click on result number seven, whatever it is. And you immediately see a bump. And almost within, if it wasn't immediate, it was within a couple of days, yeah. that result would jump up in ranking. So... Well, it, it, eventually, within the next few days, it would go back down to its normal position. But, And I guess that's kind of part of the Google ranking algorithm, right? So they're going to try to see what's trending and then start pushing it up the rankings. Right. But for the typical site, is is click-through rate important? Is it going right. to... Are more clicks to your site going to help you rank? Right. Well, I, this is how I would put it. Fewer clicks to your site are not going to help you. right? And there's a, there's a chance that more clicks are going to help you so why wouldn't you not try to optimize around that and the other thing to consider and you always want to ask yourself this if it's a data point that google has that does give them an indication of some kind of value right in, in the case of click-through well, rate we that, know they use it to to evaluate the quality of the search result that they have right exactly so they want people to click 
and they want people to stay and we know that they also look at the people come, then come back and click on something else but if it's a data point google has why would they not use it what, what there I would think. be no incentive for them to ignore that that data point but why would they come out and repeatedly say that they don't use it but I they will say tell you but they say direct and they don't want people manipulating the, mm. ser- the ding, search ding, results, ding, ding, right? ding. you could have you could easily set up bots that would search and click and search right. and click and search and click right. or, and or go to mechanical turk right. or some kind of you know third party where you outsource that stuff right it's too easy to gamify right mm. um so that's why it's not a ranking factor directly but you know i i still tend to believe that if you're getting more clicks to your site it's a good thing and it'll, right. it may it may not be the the factor that pushes you up in rankings but if you're getting a lot of clicks you're doing things right that will eventually increase your search rankings. Right, but let's take a step back. Well, not, we're not saying to find a way to game the system to artificially create no, clicks. That's do not that. what we're saying. We're saying use persuasion and sales t- techniques to make sure that your meta uh, description, that your title tag, which is what people see, are, are actually trying to convince someone to click. You're, you're putting the value proposition for your property there in plain sight so that people do choose you over what's above you. Yeah, use your target keywords in a convincing way that would make someone click on your result. Right, Uh, over the competition. So spend some time looking at your target keywords and looking at the results. And we've talked a lot on the show about, you know, doing that to create 10x content find out all the compile all the content that the other people on that search results page have and make sure you're doing all that information and more to, to create that 10x content but you've also got to do it on what appears on the search engine results page which is again it's the typically it's the title tag and the meta description and maybe some other stuff if you're fortunate enough to get you know a, a rich snippet or or maybe some extra kind site of site links, site links like, yeah. stuff like that but at the end of the day it's a sales tool that you have that if you're ignoring you're losing opportunity. So making sure you're using verbiage in there that does persuade someone to click you versus the competition. You know, using, you can, this is not like a Google ad, you can use superlatives in there. You can put things like official site in there. You can say things like best in there. Things that are gonna encourage someone to click you versus the guy above or below you. So definitely pay attention to that. Yeah, but I just wanted to point out, this is the fun that we get to deal with as SEOs is Google will tell us one thing and write another, and we have to decipher the difference. Yeah, Fun. it's not. I mean, it's sort of a, an exact science in a way, but it, there's there's still a lot of kind of theorizing, right? It, to me, Trial it's and error. yeah, it's kind of like quantum physics to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's if it's you like, think you know quantum physics, think, you don't know quantum right. physics. We kind of know certain things, but there's a lot we don't know, and and we kind of hy- hy- perform or create hypotheses around. And, you know, then our job is to, to prove or disprove the hypothesis. But generally speaking, we know that more clicks to your website is good, right? Regardless of whether it helps search engines. So you should be focused on that. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's a very, it's an unusually tactical um, newsaroo, Phil. I like it. I'm trying to bring the, the tactical to it since we got we got a little hate. <laughs> We did. I, we we got a review, and, and we'll probably read the reviews. We'll do the reviews on the next episode because it's just the timing. We got a question today, but we typically read out reviews on the on the show, and usually we get. I mean, we've had one non five star review up until now, and then we got one recently from a listener who's listened for a while. Actually, had li- 
left a five-star review in the bus and dropped it down. And that was one of the criticisms is, you know, we're getting a little too um, theoretical and opinion-y and not, not tactical enough. So Then this is going to be the perfect episode because well, it's that, all we, actionable hey, stuff. We listen to our audience. We're yeah. here to serve and let's jump into it because we are trying to get tactical today. We're trying to be helpful to all our listeners. And I think you'll see a concerted effort from us to, to, to re- focus on that that's really where we started and i think we've maybe gotten a little way way away from that so Brittany, this is your episode this is your super meta matrixy <laughs> episode of lists this is like inception in some I way i feel like there's so much more pressure now that you're putting all these fancy like words and stuff yeah on i'm it. just trying to sound smart it's, <laughs> it's fine but you're british <laughs> you already have that advantage <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's just read the list of lists shall we okay so what's the first number one 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 oh ten 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 ten, ten. <laughs> oh god no, it's one 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 five 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 with ten 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 yeah, Three. One, number Three. one of Ten points. Yeah. We can't today. Um, the first one is the uh, top ten social media marketing tips for hotels, and this is by Zotels.com. Um, this is the list. And we'll put the link to the original article right. in the show notes, which will be fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 105. Yes. So um, just, I mean, a brief, I guess, overview of what their top ten list consists of is um, things we've definitely talked about before, like having a blog. Um, yeah, I think we just said that. <laughs> yeah, for many, many reasons. But yeah, yes. for sure. I think this one's an important one because, like, you, a blog is so versatile. Like, you can take snippets and chunks of one blog content article and use it in your social media marketing, right? To share helpful information, to share, you know, other local SEO, you know, type things. So, right. um, you know, one of their top tips were to kind of rinse and repeat, rinse and reuse um, the content from the blog acro- across social yeah. media. And I think that's one of the, the mistakes I see people making with social is that they think that's the place that content lives, right? So right. video is a great example of that. People create a bunch of social videos. But when you think about Facebook, right? How, how often people look back at the archive of what people have posted, right? It's it's a, it's a yeah it, it's a marching army it's not they're not standing still so you are better served by having a, an evergreen article a blog that's posted on your website with a video embedded and then using social as it's intended as a distribution channel for that content for sure because then you're benefiting from the eyeballs you're getting you're generating on social and that buzz but you've also got this asset that you own because you don't own your social channel. You're you're leasing that, right? It's a rented space. You're, it's not yours. And people aren't going to go back and look at that content and if it doesn't and, live and somewhere. And one thing you mentioned with evergreen content, um, remember that, like you said, nobody goes back and looks at old stuff. So you can post your best article two, three times a year. Yeah. Well, that's you know, what I was saying. Like, you can take chunks of it, right? So, like, yeah. you can take one little chunk and post it on social media and link back to that art- article multiple times. You know, it's not like you have to create a brand new article every single day. Yep. So and, and if you have one that's, say, uh, what's coming up? St. Patrick's Day in your city and all the events going on. You, you update that every year with all the new events going on around that. Well, you can post that on your social media come St. Patrick's Day. You get people to come to your hotel for St. Patrick's Day in your city. Right, and you post it multiple times because right. this, the audience is changing every minute on social media. It's not the same people looking at your Facebook or your Twitter page or whatever it is 
every five minutes. It's a different audience. You know, you're only reaching an organic post now only reaches like maybe 5% of your total audience. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, if it was a different 5% every time, you could post the same thing 20 times and, and they'd only see it once, right? right? That's not quite how it works. I'm oversimplifying, but you get the point. Right. Cool. Um, again, I, brand awareness, I think that's pretty much what social media is for, you know, getting people to um, know, like, and trust your hotel. Um, then number three was guest photos, which I thought was a really good one that I don't know if hotels are taking advantage of that. Like, a, lot, a lot don't. Yeah, I mean, that's, first of all, you're getting actual real people that stay at your hotel. Just ask them to share their photos and experience and tag your social media. Right. I mean, that's like word of mouth advertisement. When I when I get a new client, the first thing I tell them to put on their budget is flip to because it it systematizes that. It it makes it easy for them to manage that process. So you're not having to go out and ask. It automates the asking and then gamifies it so that not only are the guests posting um, their their content, but they're also doing what social media really the real power of social media is reaching an audience that you don't have access to normally, right? So if your guest posts a story and then in, engages all of their followers and friends and family, you've just reached a huge audience that looks a lot like your existing guest that now is aware of your brand that wouldn't have been before. And that to me is the real power of social media. And, so and, and on your website, when Flip2 lives there, it gives that social proof. So when someone's scrolling through, like, oh man, all these people are having fun at this hotel. Yep. Yeah, these are real people. This right. isn't an advertisement. Right. These are like real people staying right. at the hotel. And then you own that content because when they provide it to you, you, you tell them this, this is the terms of service. Now you have a lot of great photos. And there's no way in the world that... Um, someone looking at an authentic picture from a guest versus a, a vanilla marketing staged photo exactly. with actors, you know, there's no comparison between the two. Exactly. The, one of them is going to be way more compelling than the other every single time. For sure. The one I love from this list is the next one up is the local links, um, tagging local points of interest around you. Um, it, it does give insight to your guests, but what it also does is, endears you to the points of interest around you. So um, say a, a local attraction has a great social media following. If you're constantly saying, hey, guests of my hotel, go to this local attraction, that local attraction will then in turn share your hotel with right. people coming to see them. It's 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 like a, a give and take there, but yeah, you can both work. give and both take. Yeah, and I think go into it with the right mindset, right? Go into it with, I'm not doing it because I want reciprocation. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to help my guest first and foremost. The outcome is reciprocation because because otherwise you can fall into a trap of saying, oh, I'm only going to share you if you share me. That yeah, kind of thing, don't right? do that. Which, that gets really squirrely. What you want to do is say, okay, my guests are families and this attraction is really great and will enhance the experience that the families have that come and stay with me. Because you know what? If they have a good time in their vacation in general, their net promoter scores, their reviews are going to be much more positive about your property. If they have a crappy time, they're not coming they're back probably regardless. Not coming back, right? right? So no matter how great your hotel was. Right. So go find the talk to your guests, find out what they are enjoying, then go partner up with those businesses, and then you cross promote them. And it's not like I'll do this if you do this, and da da da. It's not. It's not that. It's just be a good, create a good relationship with your neighbors. Be 
a part of the community and that can be really, hospitable yeah, be hospitable and be authentic and that really can yield good results yeah all right so what's next all right giveaways and contests um great for list building incentives to book all those good things just make sure you're giving away relevant things not yeah. like ipads and stuff no, no. <laughs> randos are gonna i would say an experience right like it should be yeah, an yeah. experience yeah we have we have related. a client that just did a um, vacation for a lifetime so basically you can come and stay it was a year-long promotion but you would it, the winner will get to come and stay for i forget what it was three or four nights every year for the for the rest of their life which is you know huge in terms of um you know potential cost to the the property but the exposure they got was immense and people that are registering obviously interested in visiting that destination and that property so yeah their email lists uh built up pretty quick with that too right for sure yeah but if it's an ipad they don't care about the brand but i mean that's garbage list right um, social, social platform check-ins. Um, you know, I feel like this one's really just like fate. I, I don't think there are a ton of other social platform check-ins that people are really actively using. I still feel like people use Facebook to check in, but it's a great thing. Foursquare. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember Foursquare? <laughs> I remember it, but do we still use it? No, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so that's number six. Number seven is videos. Um, Again, I think it's kind of the same thing with the pictures, right? Like sharing your points of interest, um, not just about your hotel, but the area around your hotel. Um, asking your guests to share videos they're taking of the area. Um, Another thing, yeah. So if, if say, you're a, a ski resort and you have a famous skier, snowboarder, somebody on the mountain nearby, and they're posting videos about the mountain nearby, share that video on your social media too just to let – their fans know that you're a property nearby where their favorite person just was. You know, that, that type of um, shared social content is great as well. Yeah, just remember to be interesting because you're competing against their friends and their family when you're posting this kind of content. Yeah, that's actually number 10 on the list. How about um, that? <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yes. Number eight is, uh, we talked about again, it's recycled content. So just take, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Um, social marketing, social media marketing doesn't have to be time consuming, but just like resharing things, you know, that you've already shared, resharing things that are, you know, local and, um, you know, like Phil just said, like if there's somebody famous at this place near your town, share that, take a, take a point to share that with the audience so they know it, you're close by. Um, number nine is have a designated social media team member. Um, they suggest a young tech savvy and personable person. Wow, that's ageist. I'm offended as an old person. <laughs> what if they're old and personable and creative? Yeah. I'm just telling you what the article suggests, not he's, my personal opinion. Hotels. Don't be ageist. <laughs> and then number 10 is originality. So just like Stuart said, you need to be interesting, be entertaining. Um, they, the article says be funny, but I think entertaining Not is a better yeah. word. Be entertaining. Yeah. Um, if you are interesting and entertaining, I think people will stop and read or look at or. Right. Yeah. Like I said, you're you're trying to. There's a lot of noise on social media, and your people are scrolling through at a very rapid rate. Your organic reach is very limited, and you want to make sure that everyone that sees you finds something in it, right? So appeal to your target audience by standing out a little bit think outside the box show your personality and i think that's you know 
some folks play it a little too safe on social media. And I, I think that's a mistake. I think you really have to own who you are. And, you know, if you're a quirky, quirky kind of property, then lean into that. Right. It, it's fine on social media. People expect it. Well, and again, know your audience too, right? So a hotel that's like family friendly might want to post things that are fun and funny geared towards Right, not kids, a bunch not. of chicks in bikinis. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. So that's our first list. Yay! One, 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 one. <laughs> so we're doing number two, 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 for 10, 10, 10, or five. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll do number two because yes. it has That's my name reality. almost literally written all over it. And it is the 10-point checklist for a perfect Google Analytics setup. And this is by Supermetrics. Who they should know a thing or two about data. They should know a thing or two about data, as should I. So I will chime in on this one. So the first item on the list is, and remember this is specific to Google Analytics, is talking about the account structure and making sure you always have a one view that has never been touched. It's absolutely raw. So no IP is excluded, no, no, just, it's just absolutely the raw data so that you always have that to go back to and then you can create additional views with whatever filters. And we also recommend a test view. So before you actually make a filter live, you test it first to make sure it works properly before you sort of launch it into live mode. And remember that views are not retroactive. <laughs> it is. How, how tough would that be? I mean, it's, it's Google, not. right? That's you have I'm... the data. It's right. already there. I know. Google. Don't get me started. Google are <laughs> listening. And if they are, which they should be. They should be. They need to fix that. Fix because it. we had that issue today with a client that had an issue where there was traffic they wanted to spoof out. And we can't go back retroactively and create right. that filter. It's annoying. Right. It's Very annoying. dumb. Yeah. So uh, another annoying thing would be number two, which is bot filtering. There is a little checkbox uh, in the property setup that says, hey, turn bot filtering on. Why this wouldn't be selected by default? I don't know. Maybe some people actually want bots in their data. I want to meet those people. I want to meet those people <laughs> and ask them why. I have a lot of Google Analytics things that I don't know why aren't just on by default. That's one of them. Number three, this maybe really number one in my opinion and that's goals make sure that your goals are set up so you can report conversions how about that and that it's surprising goal? how many people don't have that set up or, or booking engines that don't allow you to put conversion goals in the booking engine yes oh and uh, piggybacking off that is number four, which is a goal value. So if it's an e-commerce goal, obviously you have a value associated with that transaction. But you might have an email sign-up goal. Well, what if you assigned, and it may be arbitrary, but come up with some sort of a dollar amount. So you can say how much this campaign could have you know, gained for you in terms of actual revenue. Set it up in the goal. Yeah, you can always tweak that value later on. It's it's yes. okay, right? Come up with a best guesstimate. Look at you know, look at your email database size. Look at how much revenue you're generating per email address per year from that. That that's a good way to start. Number five. Now this one is tricky, and that is personally identifiable information. This is very serious because there is no personal the PII. I'm not going to say it again. Allowed to be reported in Google Analytics. And by reported, I don't even mean that it's showing up in a report in your Google Analytics account. But 
even in the URL that is getting passed through to Google, if there's personally identifiable information, that is a no-no and you can literally have your account just shut down. So if you're, for example, using an email address in the URL, so yes. when someone clicks from an email and it's, you're trying to pre-populate something. Yes, that's a no-no. technically are in violation there. Now, that is correct. It's not automatically that you're going to get shut down, but if you get caught you or get reported, be. you could lose all the data you've ever collected. Yes. And that's the beauty of Google Analytics because it's free. You haven't paid for it. You, you don't, don't own, own any of it. You don't it. own any of it. So at any point you could lose that. So that goes for names, addresses. I mean, I don't know why you would pass it an address or a name, but email is the one I see a lot. A lot. Yeah. Stop it code. Stop it. Yeah. It's, well, that's not personal. On its own, it's not PII. You know, yeah. if you had a first name, last name, zip code, probably, but on its own, you're fine. But um, you know, some people argue is confirmation number PII. I don't think it is. No. You no. Know? But it 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 relates to an individual, but it's you can't glean anything from that. Right. So you're probably in a different system. I just Yeah, yeah I think I email's the one being... you want to be careful. And about. I will say this also, going back to that PII stuff, if your Google Analytics is not set up to strip that out of the URL in the report, then you have like four bajillion pages with everybody's email mm -hmm. address listed in, in your page URLs, view report. Yeah. Junk yeah. data. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Not a good practice. All right, number six. Oh boy. Number six, <laughs> bounce rate. I could spend a whole day talking about bounce rate. The single most important metric in your entire marketing dashboard, right? It, it's definitely a bounce rate. Let's just skip. <laughs> Go on. According to Supermetrics, overall bounce rate should be in the range of about 20 to 30%. Depending I what's it on your page. depends on your vertical. It depends on, you know? It depends on a lot of things. But, okay, let's just assume that a bad bounce rate is bad you know you theoretically you want your bounce rate under i would say 40 percent give I mean, or take unless unless your page is answering a direct question well this is overall site average right. this is right. the whole site fair enough okay like i said we could spend a whole topic on yeah, this that's not... all right well that's next episode <laughs> ladies and gentlemen bounce rate you decide dun 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 <laughs> That'll be our shortest episode of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could go into all kinds of cracks with that one. All right. Number seven are not set values. And that's a weird one. And I don't know why things come in this way, but sometimes in reports, you'll just see something that's just quote unquote not set. It means something's not tracking right. So it could be on an entry page. It could be in your PPC report. Something wonky's going on. So make sure there's nothing wonky going on and fix it. Number eight, and this is sort of what I was talking about before, is content reports and making sure, quote unquote, unique URLs are accurate and not listing the URLs with unique identifiers with all parameters. So you might have, like, let, let's say it's your rooms page and it's rooms slash question mark ID equals 102. One, don't do that anymore. One, don't do that. But two, like, let's fix that for real. And again, going back to the, the form submissions and if there's a thank you page and some random entry ID equals 509, that's not helpful. You need to strip that parameter off so that it's just contact slash thank you and it's all there. Number nine is a great one, annotations. Track everything in your annotations. It's free, make use of it. So anything you change on your website, 
make note of it. Maybe you want to keep track of your campaign in there and say, you know, launched XYZ contest or sent out a 16-page mailer or whatever the case might be. You cannot have too many annotations. This might be the most important thing in this list because there's not a client I know that doesn't have some kind of wonkiness in their data, something that's impacting the data. They sent out an email. They did a, a mail drop. Some glitch, the JavaScript error on the website created some kind of whatever or their Wi-Fi audience was showing for the, you know, there's a million reasons that yes. the data has a context that needs to be explained over time. Instead and, of digging that out every right, time. Right. Why is this up or down so much over last year? And then you spend seven hours to realize, oh, we did something different. Oh, we had a huge increase in our PPC budget, and yeah. that's why paid search went through the exactly. roof, and we use opened these campaigns. If you yeah. take nothing else in this episode, use annotations like you're obsessive compulsive. But also take number 10 away as well, because it is just as important. And that is that your traffic sources are clean. I wrote a whole blog post about this, and there's a free tool on this blog post that will help you keep your campaigns clean so that you don't have, uh, uh, in your um, channels report, everything showing up in quote-unquote other. If it's a display campaign, if it's paid search, if it's whatever, it should fall into a clean bucket that you can report on, and your campaign should have normalized naming conventions so that everything is easily reportable and again there's a tool on our website that will just you plug in your url and some few things and it will build you some clean tracking urls for you can you send me the link to that article so i can put it in the show notes or drop it into the notes yes yeah that'd be good very important in order to get easily digestible clean data it's it's amazing to me how many people making decisions on bad data i mean just simple emails people google analytics is case sensitive so if your medium is email with a low lowercase e and an uppercase e in the next email those are two different channels and it's all going to fall under quote unquote other unless you do it the right way yeah i have so many things to say <laughs> i feel like you're kind of passionate about this i i, I feel like we'd do another entire episode on analytics some kind of rant you know where your buttons are burned and your goats are gotten yeah. Episodes 106, Melissa's Burn Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There you have it. All right. According to Supermetrics, top 10. All right, we go to number three, 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 three. I'll five, take five, this ten, one. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 7, 4, 3, 2, 1. So uh, this one is one of ours. Um, and it's 10 things you need for a successful hotel PPC oh, strategy. That's why you're taking this one. You wrote this one. Yeah. Yeah, and we did an episode <laughs> on it. I'm grinning with pride right now. So. I enjoyed it. Um, it was episode 86, if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing. Um, but we'll just kind of summarize it real quick for you. Uh, one really important thing you need to look for in your PPC strategy is make sure you're monitoring your search terms. Uh, see what's actually triggering your ads. If you're seeing... Um, if you're seeing keywords in there that shouldn't be triggering your ads that are, you need to start adding some negative keywords. So monitoring your search terms is, is huge. Um, that kind of leads us into number two, adding negative keywords. Um, this, this is like, all right, say there's a hotel that has a similar name in a different city. You need to add a negative keyword of that different city so you're not showing up for them. I feel like that's one that's not always monitored and you never know what kind of weird query start right. showing up. Well, what, what if sometimes. it's property name space bed bugs? 
right? Yeah. Mm. You might not want to run ads on that. No. I no, probably not. Or, yeah. and, and hey, how about check-in, check-out time? Right. Those people are likely already staying with you. You right. don't need them to be wasting money on clicking on your ad when they're just looking to find a piece of information. So number three on our list is use and test your extensions. So a variety of extensions that are available to you, the call-out extensions, structured snippet extensions, site links, call extensions, whatever. There's a bunch of them. Use them as much as possible, whatever applies to you, and test them. Maybe not call extensions, but test test your callouts, test your structured snippets. It's such an opportunity that's wasted. We, I mean, you this week literally were doing an audit on a, a property group that is spending literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on PPC on Google, and they're not using any of that. Well, not only are they not using it, the ones they are using, they aren't using properly, and I mean, I. I can't wait to jump in and fix that stuff. Uh, it's, 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 it creates a better ad. It takes up more search real estate. Extensions are your friend. Use them. Test them. Find out what works. Extensions are your friend. <laughs> I want that T-shirt. <laughs> That's what we're going to put a fuel logo on the back. I still have my Equizio I'd click back T-shirt. Yeah, me too. I found mine in, in a box the other day when I was moving stuff. Shout out to Equizio, I guess. All right. Extensions uh, are your friends. <laughs> Number four, test your ad copy. Um, constantly be testing your ad copy, please. The same, same account I'm talking about that I just found out they were using extensions improperly has had the same three ads running for the entire year of 2018. It blew my mind. But they're probably the perfect ads that don't ever need to be optimized. <laughs> I mean, they probably hit perfection a year ago. That's why. If you think you can't get better, you can. And come talk to me about it. Because <laughs> um, extensions are your friends. Yeah, extensions are your friends. So is ad copy. Um, testing your landing pages. This is a fun one. Most people just send your PPC ads directly to the home page. And a lot of times that, that works for you, especially if it's a, a branded search term. Um, but if someone's searching for something specific like you know, a three-bedroom condo oceanfront, don't send them to your homepage. Send them to your three-bedroom condo page if that's a, a feature that you have. Or two-king-bed suite New York City, send them to the two-king-bed page. Don't send them straight to your homepage. Or please at least test it and see which works better. Does your homepage beat out that page? Then if so, tell me to shut up. Um, <laughs> go ahead and test it. Uh, another one would be monitoring your performance by device. Um, when we talk about how important mobile is compared to desktop and why each of those have their benefits, but um, find out what works best for your hotel. I mean, a lot of times we find the lower ADR properties are, are doing better on mobile. Um, some of the higher are doing better on desktop. But, but find what works for you and set bid adjustments accordingly. Um, using remarketing lists, so people who you are on, on, did I? Yeah, monitoring keyword bids. Ah, thank you. Good catch. <laughs> I'm cruising through. Yeah, monitoring your keyword bids. Um, if your top performing keyword is now being outbid by OTAs, it's time to increase your bid. So um, make sure you're staying in the top four results for, for your most profitable keywords. Um, back to remarketing lists. So um, remarket to your email lists, um, create lookalike audiences, retarget website visitors, you know, visitors who have seen a certain page or a certain special on your site. Um, it's, it's okay to, 
maybe go ahead and bid on more broad search terms and try to bring those people back in um, if they go search something more broad. But um, remark you can learn a lot from remarketing lists, and, and they can be effective, especially with keywords that would typically have a higher cost per click. Um, another, number nine here is... You missed one. No, I didn't. Extensions are your friend. <laughs> Extensions are your friend. That was that was number three. We're on number nine. This is my favorite. I like <laughs> your friend. Um, understanding your geo geographic targeting. So seeing where your traffic's coming from. Um, testing in market audiences is, is important with that. But but knowing where a lot of your traffic comes from allows you to split up your budget. Um, you can target specific markets, um, and you don't have to burn up your budget nationwide if you know how much a certain market is going to use up. So um, use geotargeting to your advantage. Don't just blanket the U.S. and say, go. Um, you, can, you, can, you can definitely do a lot and spend your budget a lot more effectively if you do proper geotargeting. Right, because your bid adjustments are really important in that because if, if you bid, say, a, a dollar a click across the whole U.S., you might find that you can get certain people for a lot less than that by bidding a lot lower. Or you might be missing out on some people in your, you know, in markets where say OTAs might be jacking right, there up might their be a bids. higher bid in certain Yeah, right. and you're not even showing up to those people. And those are probably the most important markets. Most likely I know to like stay flight, with you. direct flight markets, things like that. So yeah. We definitely encourage you to to adjust your bids on a geographic level. And uh, lastly here we have look at your opportunities. So both Google Ads and Bing Ads offer you opportunities it shows insights um it says hey maybe you want to increase your bid on certain certain keyword hey maybe you want to add this keyword to this ad group sometimes those opportunities those recommendations they're trash I'm not going to lie to you they just don't make sense for you or they don't make sense for a particular ad group other times you want to face palm and say how did i miss that but it's really important to look at your opportunities tab Maybe see what kind of ad copy they're suggesting. See what bid adjustments they're suggesting, um, bid increases they're suggesting. They offer this to you. Use it. It's right there at your fingertips. There you have it. Nice. And number 11? Number 11 is go listen to episode 86, and I <laughs> dig into that a lot more. Yeah. We'll link to that in, uh, in the show notes as well. Cool. So that's, that's the third list of lists. You yep. want to do number four? Number four. Top 10 techniques to improve your marketing communications, a.k.a. your email marketing. Um, this one's by Hotel Marketing Association. This one's a little tricky. He, the guy that wrote this article, he really only gave us top five. He had another article, I guess it's smart on his part, that he linked to that he had a previous top five. So I just listed the important top five. So is this the top five or the second top five? No, this, this is, is actually a really sneaky tactic where you can increase your overall page views uh, if you have people jumping between articles like this. I mean, you see that, right? On the All, oh. all the content at the yeah. bottom of articles is all paginated. Yep. So like one page is, has one. Hey, here's a list of 25, but you got to go to 25 of my pages. pages. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, that's basically what this was. It I'm was. surprised that Google hasn't changed the oh. algorithm to penalize that yet. No, that's actually, when it, they look at overall like page right. view scores and audience right. scores, that's but, what they look at. But it's Google's total trash. whole setup is to try to make it more convenient for the consumer. That is not convenient for me as a consumer. It's not convenient. It's not, it's definitely not good for desktop use. I hate it. So I wonder if they'll come out with like an, some kind of algorithm that specifically targets that. It right? really inflates 
views, visitors, it does. all it's, that garbage. It creates garbage data that helps them on the search that. engines, but annoys me as a consumer. I don't want to click. It gives them more times. opportunity to serve ads. That's right, it. Yes. for yeah. sure. And also helps them rank higher. And they're all serving the number up. Number of impressions oh. on sites that do that. Sure. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, yeah. back to your top list. That's okay. Um, so anyway, the top five is from this actual article, which we'll link to. Um, the first one is headline visual combo. So um, their suggestion is to make sure that the headline and image complement each other and that they convey the most important part of your message. Do you what? Right? They grab the attention. That is mind-blowing. Reinforcing no. a message. Yep. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, maybe that should have been in my PPC list too. Make sure your keyword matches your ad copy, which matches what's on your Landing page that page. they land yeah. on. Yeah. Add a number yeah. 11 to it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> number two is headlines that get a response. So obviously, I mean, his the tip here is to use powerful action words. Um, we have examples of this um, uh, whatever your call to action may be um what do you want them to do if it's if you if you're if you're running a contest and you want them to sign up come up with a creative call to action that gets them to sign up if they're leaving a page and you want them to stay have something that's going to convince them to stay right and, and i think this is similar to you know we joked at the beginning of the show about cl the, the clickbaity nature of this episode but i, I think getting people's attention with using strong words and there's a lot of studies out there that kind of show what words work better than others versus passive words um just i mean this is why you want to a b test every every subject line you send out there because you can glean insight and you might find that certain combinations of words work better than others and we, we said this a ton on the the show before about when you're testing email Test it in real time on every email you send. So send 10% of your list, version A, 10% version B, and then 80% gets the winning version of those two because that way you're optimizing 90% of your um, list we, every time. We see this working definitely on the PPC side when we have um, a description that says, you know, room still available or sale lasts for x amount of days um if you're if you're creating a, a sense of urgency or yeah, fear don't of missing miss out, out. Yeah. yeah i mean that that type of stuff that's the call to actions we're talking about here nice um number three is the importance of a powerful opening i think this is my favorite one on the list because att the attention span of somebody reading their email is very short so just having the most powerful, persuasive, intriguing statement and getting to the point within like the first paragraph, right? Right, for sure. Yeah, you, you and and think about most people now are checking the email on their phones. You right. know, so you, and we all know the attention span on our phone is even lower than it was on desktop. So you've got to get them straight away. I mean, how much garbage do you receive every day? It it takes a lot for me to click on a on a business send email to me now like they have to really win me with a subject line and if they are lucky enough to get me to click they really need to hit me hard and quick with what the value proposition is right pretty quickly don't dance around you're not no. trying to wine and dine people on email no. that's just not the time um number four again an effective call to action so just to summarize up summarize your proposition incentive and give them a compelling reason to act 
now. And make it easy for them to act. Yes. Big, prominent buttons with the call to action on it. Don't make them have to find the book now button or whatever And again, remember, most people are looking on their phone and they need to use their finger to click on it. So don't just put in a link that says <sighs> click here. Oh, it's so My annoying. finger is too fat annoying. for that. I need, I need a big button I can mash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Google will penalize you if your buttons are too small on mobile. So make sure it's easy to click. That's right. Size does matter. According <laughs> to Google, size does matter. And number five is strap lines. Do you need one? Um, the article said that unless you don't have a really great one, it's not necessary, right? Yeah, just it, scrap it. Don't unless, try to be clever. Just Unless your brand really has something to say or makes you stand out or it, it, it's memorable, don't, don't go scraping for strap lines it's not it's don't not try to it. be too clever yeah don't be try to be cleverer than you really are right right yeah. i mean if you are if say you know if the, i'm just trying to come up with an example like maybe you, you might be the most green hotel on the planet and if you have something to say about that that it might work for you but if you know you have a compostable toilet in the back doesn't make you that, <laughs> so don't go for it <laughs> uh, well that's our short little number the four. Five, five of the ten. Quick, the, the quick four. The five the of ten of four, four. seven of nine of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we touched social. We touched PPC. We touched, man, we touched a ton of stuff. We touched, ah, oh, this yep. is a great episode. Got one more. What? I think it's the best one. Wait. Right? What? Wait. There's, there's more. more. What? We did say there were five lists. The there the are. We may have saved the best for last. It might be ours. It might be ours. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to hold back a little bit on this one. I, like, go through it fairly quickly because I want to redo this episode. I agree. Again. Me too. Because this was the top 10 ways to drive direct bookings in 2018, right? So, and this is the one where we all brought our own top yeah, 10 we, so we Yeah, if you remember the episode, what episode number was it? 81. 81. So, what we did is each of us independently compiled our top 10 list and then we negotiated through it to get to what we felt was an overall this pretty was good such a fun episode. it was it was I one of my favorites that. i think it was very valuable i went back actually and looked on uh, you know we publish these uh, episodes on soundcloud and then they get distributed out to google, uh, to google play and apple and all that stuff on soundcloud this is only the second episode we ever got comments on and someone made a comment on this episode saying that we completely neglected traditional advertising on this like there was no mention <laughs> of you know, direct mail. There was no direct mention of um, magazine ads or TV ads or something like that, which got me thinking. There's some creative things that people are doing with traditional advertising that are pretty effective today that, at, at driving direct booking. So, I'm foreshadowing a little bit there, but when I redo my top ten list, there might be some traditional things in there. Yeah, TV commercials number one, huh? Yeah, radio. <laughs> no, it's all all about radio. Oh, all about the terrestrial radio. Yeah. Not not podcast advertising. No, terrestrial not. radio. Yep, terrestrial radio. AM radio. All right, so <laughs> so I think so. We'll we'll probably redo this whole episode in the next couple of months, and 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 I think it'll be interesting to see how much our opinions have changed. Mine have certainly changed in the last twelve months. Since we did that episode. My, my biggest surprise from the episode is Melissa's number one wasn't tracking. Wasn't analytics, <laughs> yeah. I think it was number seven on my list. It was pretty low. But it could easily have been a lot higher. And that was the thing. A lot of them could have been anywhere. So we want to like go through some of the top ones real quick. Yes. So number one, well, it's the best. 
He's listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they're already doing check. Check. Well, now. Nailed now that it. we're giving actionable help. Yeah, but they're right. listening to this to get the help. Right. Wow. Meta. <laughs> meta on meta on meta. Number two is doing qualified non-brand PPC. Yeah. Uh, three, which we've already talked about in this episode, is having an advocacy platform. Like a flip to. Like yeah. flip to. Four is influencer marketing. Five is photography. No toilets. Let's not go yeah. there. And these these are not <laughs> in the order. These are not in the order that we determined. These no, are just this is some of the, the t- I think there's a bunch here. That's how Brittany decided to list it out. Uh, no, <laughs> this is based on the podcast. I think this was a compiled list of everyone's this was top a ten. Compiled list this was of a deduped list of everyone's, yes. but not in a specific not, order. Okay. Right. That's fair what it enough. Is. All right. So keep going. All right. Next, we've got email marketing. Yep. Then Facebook marketing, then OTAs, meta search, local profile, etc. What? To drive direct bookings? We should be on OTAs? That is ludicrous. According to us. No, I agree with it. Go listen to the episode. You ex- you'll understand why. Number nine is the guest experience on property. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Ten that is... That was my number one. I remember that. Yeah. Or was it? It might mean staff training. It was one of those two. Yeah, you had a silly one. I want to go yeah. look at my list now. Yeah. You're going to have to look at it because we're going to do the episode again soon. Okay. And it can't right. be the same. Well, it can <laughs> if, if you stand by it, but that just means you haven't learned anything in the last 12 months. Yeah, or that I'm I was be really smart a year ago. <laughs> Are you saying consumers' behavior hasn't shifted and new, new opportunities don't exist? Mm. I don't know. I need to go look at my list. All right. Number 10 is data slash analytics. Number 11 was loyalty and rewards. 12 is technical SEO. 13 was performance advertising direct response. 14 was brand PPC. Then we had training staff, content, mobile, and rate parity. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. There was a lot. That was a good episode. That we was need a to read fun that. episode. Mm-hmm. Go listen to that one. Yeah. Number 81. Is that what we said? Yes. yes. 81. Well, that was a fun list of lists. Yeah. Uh, everyone should have learned something today. I, I hope did. so. I learned. Yeah. I learned okay. a lot. I learned that. What? Who's my best friend? Extensions. <laughs> extensions are your friend. That's right. My best friend, I think. I'm going to make you a t-shirt that's going to say, yes. extensions are my friend. I'm going to do that. And it's going to have fuel on the back. We're going to wear them. Uh, yeah, we can wear them at trade shows and stuff. That would be so much fun. Friend. People will be like, what in the world are you talking about? Let me explain. Yeah. It's, oh, that's a great. It's a conversation starter. Conversation starter, starter yeah. Hey, so Melissa, we got a uh, question from a listener. We do. we do have listeners, apparently. We, apparently we do. Uh, this question is from Ariel that uh, came in through Twitter? Email. Oh, through email. There yeah. you go. And he says, hey, guys, big fan of the podcast. I was wondering what your thoughts were on attribution models. I know that the last click model is the most popular, but it likely doesn't give enough credit to ads aimed at folks higher in the funnel. It's an active discussion we're having in our team after an audit from a Google salesperson suggested that we change our model to time decay. Let me say that all Google salespeople and PPC reps have been promoting time decay for quite some time now. Yeah, um, and it seems are, to be their default. We are not opposed to this model. Um, it, it does give a better picture of the entire funnel. Um, but 
sometimes you'd like to know what drives the actual booking. That's when, and that's probably why last click is most popular. Yeah. Well, it's also easiest and, you know, candidly, a lot of technology out there hasn't really allowed us to see full attribution. Exactly. For, you know, until the last couple of years, really, that, you know, Google Analytics included it. I guess Adobe Analytics has been able to do it for a while, but it's really, really tough. And and the, we did a whole episode on this as we well, did. right? That was an early episode, like in the 20s, I think it was. Um, uh, episode 53. Okay. Episode 53, we did on all the all, different types yes. of attribution modeling. I think there's a couple of new ones that have crept up since mm-hmm. then that people are using. Yeah, we now. should probably revisit um, that episode. I think it, it would be a good conversation. To me, I, I think. You know, people overemphasize the the last click. It's just natural because that's how they they've been measuring. And Google Analytics or Google Ads by default kind of leans towards that last click. They they claim a hundred percent attribution for everything. You well, know, it, I mean, it does show you the what was the decision driver. I mean, yeah, it, but it you, it. it, it but it's not the only driver. Right. It's not at you know? all. It's There's not at all. I'm not saying that. I shouldn't say only. Right. But it is. It is. It is that last thing that they saw before they made right. the, the final decision. But then you've got other attribution models, like you know, some of these display um, publishers out there, like Sojourn, will claim 100% attribution from everything, regardless of where it falls in the funnel. I don't, I don't right? like that. I and like that's, a, that's not fair. I like you know some, sometimes a linear model is the best, where it kind of equal weights out. Um, yeah, I, some people do this spread out. I, my personal one is I like some kind of time decay element, um, but I, I prefer it where you give extra weight to the first click because that's where you originally captured them. You like right? the U. Yeah, well, I, but no, it's not. It's more of a, like a J because the the first click, I don't think should have as much attribution as the last click. I think they should both have more than everything okay. else. Everything else in the middle is is in parity, in, but maybe decayed over time. And then the last click gets more than anything else. But there's no not a tool out there that makes it easy to do that well nothing's incredibly accurate because they don't understand everything that right you can't see all the in between right. right so if you are running display which we kind of hate on display sometimes on this show but to be fair it can have an influence but you can't always see that because guess what when someone just views a display ad and doesn't interact with it that data doesn't come into the tool that I'm using. Often yeah. Google Analytics for right. me to I mean, see that. That could have right? been that could have been the first click. You know, well, it wasn't a click, but that maybe that could was the first the, time the that they became right. made aware of your brand. So yeah. I mean, we understand that, but it's really hard. But I think the bottom line is you need to pick a model that your whole team is comfortable with, like negotiate through it and understands. That, that, yeah, that they all agree to, all understand, and that you can measure, and know that really when we're tracking. It, you know, it's never going to be precise. It, there's always going to be some nuance and some question about it. But find something you're comfortable with and stick with it and look at your data over time as a trend. You know, it's not necessarily always fair to compare things apples to apples, especially depending on where they are in the funnel. Something that's inspirational and top of funnel probably should be looked at a little differently than something that's at the bottom of the funnel, you know, or mid funnel. So just just know that everyone is struggling with this. There is not a golden rule that anyone is following. The industry is all over the place. So the the fact you reached out to us is great because you're giving it the right thought 
And, and that tells me that you're on the right track because you're thinking about it. And, and another just uh, point I wanted to touch on was if you are running non-brand campaigns and brand campaigns, I think it's important to have uh, a model that, that can attribute some to a non-brand if they come finish with a brand campaign. I mean, that's Yeah, and it's so, important. so that's a great example where attribution model gets wonky, right? Because Google... Say they saw both ads or, or interacted with both ads. Mm -hmm. Google's attributing that where. Well, if you're running a last click, say they they found you by searching something non-brand, say oceanfront three bedroom. Right. Um, that was the first click they made on you. Um, that's when they became aware of your brand. Then they went to TripAdvisor, a bunch of other places, checked prices, and then they searched for your brand again. Came back, clicked on your ad, and booked. That's that gives a hundred percent attribution if you're on last click. That brand looks like it, right? It did so it it, it the problem with last click attribution and why I don't think you sh anyone should be using it anymore is it really overfavors the bottom of funnel and it, it completely disregards top of funnel stuff because yeah, right. they're always top of funnel is always going to get overwritten by something. There's very few consumers find you for the first time. And, and make book that right, then. right there. Like Nobody that, that makes that decision that, that doesn't day. happen, right? It just doesn't. Except for maybe last-minute bookings, right? That's that's really the only one. So top of funnel gets completely screwed when you're dealing with just last-click analytics, which is why I think this kind of J uh, attribution model with some kind of time decay in the middle, to me, makes the most sense. It's just really, really hard. I don't think anyone's really solved it. If someone comes out with a tool that makes attribution modeling easy, they're going to make a bazillion dollars. Mm -hmm. It's a great question, though. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Ariel. Yeah, Ariel. Go leave us a review, Ariel, because we just answered your question, hopefully. And I did send him the... I don't think he'd heard the original attribution oh, okay. modeling episode when he sent that in. So I did send him that on email as well. And stay tuned. We will create another one. We'll go over it all again. Better yeah. than we did the first time. Yeah. So we, what we, one of the things we're trying to do is get ahead of it. So we're trying to plan episodes a little further out and have them to, to, together and know what we're going to be talking about the following week rather than scrambling at last minute. So next week's episode, we're actually going to be talking about um, the top 10 ways to generate new business. So similar to what we just talked about, like the direct bookings, but how can you, you know, everyone that listens to this show probably does a good job keeping their existing guests happy. But, Hopefully. You know, they care about the guests at least and they're probably doing a good job, but we all need new business as well. So next week's episode, we're going to be ta ta talking about the top 10 ways to find new guests that you've never stayed with your property before. So hopefully you will tune in to that. And uh, so there, there we go. Another show in the can. Thanks for doing the notes today, Brittany. Those My are pleasure. Some, some good lists of lists. Air high Thanks. five. <laughs> so Brittany, if they want to find you on the web somewhere, where mm -hmm. would they find you? Um, CardiB.com. No, I wish. <laughs> you want to be Cardi B? I, she wish she had I mean, that traffic. She has a lot of money, so I wouldn't yeah. mind. I'm not going to hate on her. She's awesome. I love Cardi B. I do too. I'll hate. I'm a hater. We already established this at the beginning of the I episode. Know. I don't everyone, know why man. I hate on her, though. She's like the most authentic person, celebrity that I can think of right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go really? that far. Really? 100%. If, she is. You know, if you if you met her in the streets, she'd be exactly you would get what the you same see. person. You're right. I, I mean, I think if you're comparing her to Kim Kardashian, probably she's a lot more Can authentic. But to say she's the most authentic celebrity, celebrity no. in the world, False. I don't know. Hard no. All right, let's invite her on the show and we'll see. 
Cardi B, come on the show. There you go. She listens to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I'm going to shout her out on Twitter. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, so where can I find you again? I think that was I'm the question. I'm on Facebook. Yeah, stuff. just look me up. Yeah. Facebook and stuff. <laughs> I'm Melissa. I'm on Twitter at M A Cavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. Phil. My Twitter, which I never check, at P Fariska, P F O R I S K A. Sorry, it's not like you're in a marketing job. <laughs> <or anything. laughs> no, I have a fun Twitter that you guys don't get to know about. This. <laughs> we just talk <laughs> trash about us all day long. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate her. I talk trash on everybody. This is true. <laughs> You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. And uh, if you want to learn more about us and our awesome software, you can go to fueltravel.com. If you want to uh, subscribe to the podcast, go do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a review. We've got a couple in the can that we're going to be reading out on the next episode. So if you get one in in the next few days, we will actually read that on the next show as well. So... There we go. Episode 105 in the can. You can get the show notes at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 105. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. My weird thing is if I don't have socks on, my hands will sweat. Now my hands are sweaty. It's really hot here. Put your socks on. Here we are.
Alright, start talking again. Alright, checking my levels. Probably gonna speak at this level throughout the whole podcast. Right, I'm also checking my levels. All of them. High and low. <laughs> low and high. Alright, and do that again. Low and high, high and low. High low. Hello. Hello. Alright, I'm uh Brittany. Um, Sawyer just started doing that high. Hi, everybody he sees, he says hi. Does he wave? He does, he does this. That's awesome. He does this. <laughs> hi. We, we See, he's a seal. <laughs> no, I don't care. All right, I think we're good. Just don't get in their window, it's fan, you'll be fine. <laughs>